ಶಂಕರಾಚಾರ್ಯಮಧ್ಯಮಾಸ್ಮತಾಚಾರ್ಯಪರ್ಯಂತ್ರಾಚಾರ್ಯಪರ್ಯಂತ್ರಾಚ
Bhagavad So up to this point, we are seeing the the famous meltdown of Arjuna between the two armies and his uh, reasoning for why he would not want to fight. And then we continue uh, with the Krishna's first attempt was to sort of shake him up out of the slumber, uh, kind of wake him up saying, no, no, don't snowball yourself into this, thinking about things in only one way and wrap yourself around this way of thinking. Kind of shook him up a little bit. And then Arjuna came back and gave him a succinct uh, two or three slokas saying, this is what is really bothering me. And and then um, also said, I, I'm not sure that I have analyzed this correctly. I'm not sure. I think my uh, thinking is clouded. I, I think my judgment is uh, not necessarily the right one. I'm ready to learn. Maybe I'm missing something here. And I trust you, uh, Krishna, as a teacher, to guide me through this. Un like Until this point, Sri Krishna doesn't try to teach him as a, as a spiritual master. I mean, he tries to help as a friend, uh, do what he wanted to do, give him a little bit of support here and there. But now Krishna switches over to the role of a, a teacher. And this time the teacher is Bhagavan himself. And we talked about who Bhagavan is. He comes from, he elevates himself to a level where he can see things in a much higher picture than anybody else can see it. And this is why we have the symbolism of Garuda being the vehicle of Vishnu. Vishnu, in the word itself, means somebody who is wrapped up. He is, he is everywhere. All over the universe is Vishnu. He is, he is, he is uh, spread all across the universe. And why does he have a vehicle like Garuda, like an eagle? Because the eagle flies so high that it can see much better of the landscape from a big picture view. Like, you know, we typically say, do you, are you seeing the big picture view? This is where we say, don't miss the forest for a tree. Now, if you get so wrapped around a tree, you're going to miss the forest. Unless to see the forest, you have to elevate yourself to a higher level. And, and a eagle flying at that level can also spot its prey, which is moving, a rabbit or something which is moving so slow, and it can also find that. So you're not missing the detail. You're so focused that you have the eyesight to see a detail. And same time, you're able to elevate yourself to a higher level. And so in general, what happens is, as soon as Garuda appears, all the snakes run away. So the snakes that will wrap around us and 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 bring us down to the ground and not allow us to move or poison us, those snakes, that kind of a thinking mentality will fly away as soon as we are able to elevate ourselves and see things from a higher perspective. So this is one more reason why uh, we say Vishnu as the vehicle, uh, Garuda as the asses because we can, it is a way of looking at things from a more universal and big picture point of view. The reason I'm saying this is because you will see Krishna right at the beginning of the Bhagavad Gita taking that higher level picture and, and giving an instruction coming from that point of view. So let's start with the very first uh, sloka of uh, Bhagavad Gita, Krishna's instructions. Sri Bhagavan Vacha. This is the 12th, uh, sorry, 11th sloka, I think, in the second chapter. 
ஸ்பீக்கிங் you are an 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 uh, enlightened one pandita is a, an enlightened one is is a wise wise person so you are speaking like a wise person you are giving me all the arguments of a wise person but you are grieving upon things that should not be grieved upon the reason is gadasun agadasun gadasun are those who are parted agadasun are those who are still here gadasun agadasun both of them na anushochati panditaha is the people who are really enlightened do not grieve for the ones who have departed as well as the ones who are here so this is this is the meaning like the little meaning of of the sloka itself now the first and foremost uh, <coughs> point you see here is that he is going after arjuna's assessment right arjuna gave him a a, a very intellectually uh, intellectual assessment of here is all the downfalls of if i take this action and he gave them here are my problems what happened and he says i come to this logical conclusion that it is better for me to not fight than to fight the very first thing krishna does in that just like an expert negotiator he first thing he does is to remove the rug out of that argument he says arjuna you have come to a conclusion and you think this is a logically a logical conclusion based on analysis based on good knowledge but it is not what you have come to is, is an emotional conclusion clouded by your, your affection for people and your it's a biased judgment so you are he is first of all taking this whole idea saying arjuna you have made a, a logical conclusion of things because the reason he is saying is the people who have come to a logical conclusion who have come done this with lot of analysis the pandita the word pandita panda actually means wise uh, or a wisdom and pandita are the ones who are uh, engrossed in this so it, it's not a vagara pandita he is talking about here he is talking about a pandita who knows that panjabudatmaga sharira or what is the truth about sharira or any materialistic things which have are the products of the panjabuda conglomeration they are the that is the kind of pandita he is talking about such people we have seen them when i look back to people like that i don't see them grieving the way you are grieving when you say grieving what he is saying is i don't i don't see them being paralyzed the way you are being paralyzed in a juncture or or a, 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 like you say this vishamesh mobasthira inside a juncture like this 
those people have not they don't get paralyzed by the grief unlike you you have got paralyzed so your behavior itself is indicating you that you are not where you should be in terms of knowledge in terms of an analytical conclusions that's what now what are what are arjuna's sorrows here like what is that what krishna is going after right there are three things one is that potential death of those who he cares for that's the very first thing is it possibly all these people that i care for will die because of war and that is a problem right second one is that if they killed by me even if i win the guilt of having caused their death is going to haunt me so first they i'm going to lose people that i care for second i'm going to feel guilty and the guilt is going to haunt me even if i even if i win this war which is the second thing he said that like rajyam suranam abhijadipatyam even if i get the ownership of the all the three worlds including sarvaloka even then this this guilt is going to haunt me through my whole life and third one is that i am going to accumulate papa because i am going to be killing people who i should not be killing adatainaha i am i will become a someone who has killed my own family so papa is going to accumulate on me and you can see how krishna will go after all these three question these three problems that arjuna raises and his first problem is death is the is the first thing that krishna is going after and so therefore he says oh no the pandavas are not the ones who grieve for what is whoever as is here and whoever has passed it's a very cryptic sentence right so does the is krishna saying that we should not grieve at all for those who are parted or is he saying that you should not be uh, worrying about those who are here your own dear ones which are kind of will say that it is not not a good thing right from a from a our own affectionate point of view. that's one but what he is saying is if you stay in the level that you are in or if each of us stay at the level that we are in that is a justified behavior but question is here is where it comes back to the perception and reality that i was talking about if we elevate ourselves to a higher level is it as grievesome as it should be and it's as grievesome as to paralyze us on our feet yes you should feel grief yes you should have the affection but should they paralyze you to the effect that this is uh, like we say do we treat like the sky has fallen down do we come to that level does it do it and can we elevate it? so hold on so he bhagavad gita's interesting thing is that all 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 the hindu scriptures is that they first give you everything that they want to say in the text the fundamental human problem of life can completely be boiled down to this one sentence ashochyan anushochas we spend our lives our energy our spiritual energy on things we should not be spending on consumed by emotions that should not be the ones which are ruling us remember we talked started talking about the freedom 
originally when I was talking about it, I think the intent is that total freedom, right? Because we do not have the freedom, because we feel trapped in it, our mental energy and our spiritual energy in life gets consumed by things that happen at every stage. And we, we miss the forest because we, we see only the tree. And this one word of Ashwacha and Andashwajasam is the human life problem. If we can elevate ourselves out of it, Bhagavad Gita is done. If we see the problem, we see the problem and we know how to solve the problem. We don't have to take another another slogan of Bhagavad Gita. We are done. That is good enough. But we none of us are in that level. We, it's it's not make it's not it will look either like a high-end philosophy, impractical philosophy, but somebody will stay from the stage when a real life scenario comes, it doesn't uh, support us. So it takes an internal transformation for anyone to be there. Right? To, to get to that stage. People have learned the sloka for years. I have learned it for 40 years and I am not there. So even today, when something strikes, it consumes. Right? You know, so things don't go as to be expected to go. It will consume us. Our worries, our sleep over it, you know, we are focused on it. It consumes us to that level. Years and years after learning. Why? So... It's so beautifully laid out in one single half of a sloka is a, is a fundamental human problem. Ashochyan and Ashochyasam. Remember this word all through Bhagavad Gita. Remember this word. Anytime you get consumed by a sorrow, just remember this half of the sloka and it will tell you, it will give you something to think differently about what is in front so that we we have to learn to know things from the gravity of what they are really are otherwise our energy gets consumed our behavior gets consumed our life gets more and more complicated and we create as a ripple effect we create things that we should not we create a much bigger problem than the one we inherit it is one thing to inherit a problem instead of trying to solve the problem we create much, much more problems around it in our frantic effort to deal with the problem. Fundamentally, remember, Arjuna is between the two armies. The solution to the world's problem, to solve that problem of life, doesn't live outside of life. It doesn't live outside of us. It, li it lies inside of us. So you don't go where the problem originated from. That is not where the solution The solution lies within. So here is where the Pantida comes in. The Pantida is the one who has taken a learned look at things and can frame the problem differently, can see the problem differently so that their perspective, it is not something to be as, as gruesome as it appears to be. Something as gruesome as a war itself is not as gruesome in their perspective. We don't have to, luckily, we don't have to de deal with things of that, that gruesome as a thing, but we can at least apply it to things which are much less gruesome, but still think differently about it. So, Ashochyan and Ashochyasam. The second human problem, Prajna Vadam Sacha We all think we are smart. 
we all think that we have resolved this in our head. Every single time we see in life, I have a good way, I have heard, I know this, I have analyzed, I have come to the conclusion. What the conclusion I come to is absolutely right. Please have a sense of doubt. Here is what Krishna says. Please have a sense of doubt for one's own conclusions. Because our perceptions are colored. We cannot help it. All of our perceptions are colored. So none of us are able to come to the perfect answer on ourselves. To come to a perfect answer of what is really happening, just as we define reality, we need the viewpoints of more than one person. We need other people's points of view. So how, what's the difference between sanity and insanity? If we call a person insane because they are seeing something as real that the, everyone else doesn't see. For an insane person, the rest of the world is insane. So they don't see what that person is seeing. Right? A schizophrenic is hearing the voice, go do this. We don't hear it. And for them, it is as real. Right? An insane person looks at the world thinking the world is insane. So how do we say what is sanity versus what is insanity? What is real versus what is one's own perception? So we have to, we call this triangulate, right? Even in the radar sense, like when you have to locate something, you just cannot do it with only one wave. You have to get more than one to triangulate something correctly, to locate something. So this is the triangulation because you need three points of references to, to locate something very correctly where it is positioned. Otherwise, what will happen is, in two dimensions, you are able to know where it is in one location, but you need a third dimension to know the depth of it, to know where exactly it is located. So in infrared or anything that you're using to locate something, you need three points of references. And that's why it's called triangulation, right? You have to triangulate to know that. If anything of locating something the world requires three points of views, how many points of views do you think we are needed to know what is real? And in spite of this, we always think like, I have come to a logical, frank, well-analyzed conclusion of here is the problem, so I'm dealing with it. With no sense of self-doubt. Let's not do that. that. That's the second advice here. So the Pandita who have just, he's not saying one Pandita, he's saying Pandita, all of, many of them. Even one Pandita may not get the one answer. One interpretation of Gita may not get us the answer that we are looking for. We might need more than one Bhashya. We might have to listen to more than one person speaking about it. Right? We Pandita, all of them, in, in general. So the common reality that these Panditas among themselves have arrived at, they must be right because they are people of knowledge, more than one. They have triangulated what is reality. And having triangulated what is reality, the behavior I see in them, Krishna says, is that they do not grieve on people who are on death. They don't consider death as a, as a grievous a problem as you are thinking it is. So he is giving Arjuna this sense of doubt and everything. Pratnya Vadam Two things to watch out for. One is that Shochya and Shojasam. Second thing, just not only show up, but even concern. And concern about 
overly being overly concerned about things that do not require that level of concern giving oneself the logical certainty of one's own conclusions are not agreeable to the way the learned people have come to a conclusion about things so we have to defer our judgments to the people who are learned and can look at things from a different a higher level of point of view like a garuda will see it from a from a height gadasun agadasun ch nadu shochanti pandita he shows the inconsistency in arjuna's conclusion with the very first sloka now he throws a second sloka which is even more cryptic which probably would have made arjuna raise his eyebrows saying what are you talking about so let's see the next sloka the 12th one ಜಾಸಂ there was never a time when i was not na asu is uh, means time asam means in time so this is why asu asura the word asura comes is the one who rejoices in things that time are produced in time and vanishes in time asur ramadev the ones who are completely looking forward to time as a way of saying i need to enjoy things that appear in time and vanish in time completely encroached in that one is an asura so not so usually it said sura and asura the suras are devas asuras are the opposite of devas no asuras are the ones who completely have find their joy and enjoyment in things that rise up in time and vanish in time they are asura suras are the ones who have found ramade in sushtu in in satyam they are things which are there rama they were they find happiness in which are permanent that transcends time not something that comes up and down they suras so asura so asu here is uh, asam here means existence that there was never a time when i was not okay we can buy that because krishna was is ishvara there was never never a time when krishna was not and he continues natvam not you also namay janadipa na e janadipa none of these kings also there was a never a time when they were not then he continues saying nachaivana bhavishyama there will never be a time that they will not be sarve vayamataparam they are going to be here eternally ajana would be like in today's world we'll say what were you smoking <laughs> this is like what is this here he's trying to say how is that uh, that i know i was born i know i'm here i know i will die i am sitting in a battle and i know i'm going to be this is what is going through arjuna's mind right i know i'm sitting in a battle i have killed many people in the past and they are not here and i'm going to be killing in if i'm saying cage i'm going to be killing many of these people they are not going to be here what are you saying that i was here ever you were here ever and this entire world was entire 
jivas were everybody's here ever so there are two theories here the that survey vaimadapuram they are here for so there are two um, points of views that krishna is coming here right what is that he is showing the rebirth uh, kar- the karma theory of rebirth that the jiva has goes through a cycle of birth and death again and again that in one form or other they have always been here in this world experience they may be somebody today and someone else some other day because they come through the rebirth so one is he is going to the rebirth theory saying where jivas always have birth and death so you will you me and this jivas uh, all these people here they all have had past lives and they will you will all continue to have lives going into the future so there was never a time which is not there the second one he is elevating the jivas into the higher level saying no you have ridden the time from as the atman itself which has no birth and death survey by madapara the atman which has no birth and death which, all this is as a maya as, a, as an illusion if i elevate myself to the reality of the atman which is devoid of birth and death and devoid of this experience i don't see birth and death from that point of view but both these are not evident to arjuna neither are they evident to us at this stage within bhagavad gita so it does look like something that requires to be clarified in in further uh, so obviously arjuna would have had a very questioning look back at krishna saying no i don't get it i don't understand what you're trying to say here so we'll also not stay much in this one just take it as a statement from krishna saying here is what i'm coming from he says that there is a permanency for the presence of life in people and i see that i'm telling you this uh, permanency the reason i'm telling you this permanency is that is what the panditas have seen they all also have seen this permanency of of the jiva either as a jiva or as atman they have seen it and this is why they don't grieve so he just he wanted to give a just excuse or a, a, or support for the argument that why the panditas do not grieve but in in effect trying to do it he dropped something which is doesn't have a lot of logical support or anything at this point so we will take it as a statement from krishna i will say okay we, i will suspend my disbelief on that statement until you we get to more information down this way so let's move on to the next uh, so krishna now tries to give a little bit more explanation to arjuna 13th shloka ஸ்மின்ேஹிஸ்மின்ேஹிஸ்மின்ேஹிஸ்மின்ேஹிஸ்மின்ேஹிஸ்மின்ேஹிஸ்மின்ேஹிஸ்மின்ேஹிஸ
the movement from one body to another through death one birth to another birth one body to another body through death is also the same way and people of knowledge dhiraha tatra na mukhyadi do not get deluded or they don't allow sorrow to be uh, taken over taking them over by it na mukhyadi they are not confused by it they are not deluded by it and the word here is dhira dhira means the one uh, it's not uh, the brave one as we talk about in malayalam dhira means uh, the bravery one courageous one here the courage is from and is is to accept as reality what comes through a logical conclusion now we can see things from a uh, as perceived as something and as logically we can know that it is something else now the dhira is the one who has the courage and ability to reject the pratyaksha what it appears to something and accept as it should be as it i understand it to be now if i say that i that is very simple right if i see that a marichika is in front of me like an oasis is in front of me uh, uh sorry what i mean it's not oasis what it called call the brother the when you find water in hot hot weather and you see the thing rising up in front of me and i say hey that mirage uh that mirage is not an oasis it is a mirage it is not real now if you are completely thirsty and then over in a desert and they have nothing even if it's a mirage you will want to believe it is water and chase it because what if it is water adira has a courage to reject it know that it is not truth and reject it and and accept the logical conclusion of a reality as reality and reject the pratyaksha of it and it takes a lot of courage to do it so that's why they call us dhira okay the dhira uh, and here he says that you oh, arjuna you might think that what i told you before does not make sense that you were here all the time uh, and death is a grievous thing he says think of you having you experienced death yourself in this life aren't you dying and and getting a rebirth in every day he says you were an infant you remember yourself as an infant you don't remember but at least you were an infant with no memory at one point of time and then from that you have grown up to be a child then become um a, a, a an adolescent and you were not a child anymore when you became an adolescent and from an adolescent you became a youth and uh, we had lot more hair as a youth and lot more uh, vigor as a youth and uh, a different interests at the time different viewpoints at the time and then became got married and settled down became a grihastha and then our things changed and we are a different person and now looking back who am i are we the child that we were or am i the one that i am today am i the youth that i was at the time or am i the person that i am today what will i think of the me i am today when i become an old person when i look back and see is that who i am nowadays this is very difficult with the whatsapp world because every time you depending on the whatsapp group you are in you could become a child or an adolescent who depends on who friends you are you which group you are in but this is no whatsapp world right if you are not in those groups and you are not behaving like uh, the same way hopefully we are not uh, taking assumed personalities uh, going back in time 
We are not that. We have with every breath, we are kind of reliving it. Now we can say that, no, no, I have a continuity that I am, that I was, or this is the same I. Now meet these people that you met, you're exchanging words in WhatsApp, meet them in person. Just not for hours, just meet for a couple of days and see how they have changed. The person that you knew as your person sitting in the same bench with you in the college is not the same person anymore. The, the life experiences have changed them. Time is just like the, the river flowing through the mountains, right? And you go, go, go to Great Grand Canyon and look at the Colorado River all the way down. Over millennia, it just carved itself down to the depth. When it started flowing, it was probably flowing at the horizontal level at the top of the mountain. And it carved that, those mountains all the way down. Time has carved us too. We have become, we have created our own canyons inside us as we have gone through life. There are many canyons inside us and experiences of, some of them have scarred us for life. Some of them are left such imprints on us that we cannot get rid of it, that we cannot go back and become somebody else. But still, I have a name and a form that I still identify with. Form also changes, but still have, I have a name that I identify with. Right? And this is why sannyasis change the name when they take sannyasa. Because name is a very, very powerful one. It is one thing that is given to us and we hang on to like, I came up with it. None of us came up with the name that we have. Our parents or brothers or sisters, who somebody came up with it. And we were called. Now, is it, now that when that name gets called, we respond, we are trained to respond to that name immediately. Right? Because over a bit we got trained and that becomes part of us, baked into us. And then with that name, there is so much of definition that we have given to ourselves. And we, we are that. So sannyasa, the, the ritual of sannyasa is almost like uh, doing pinda for oneself. It's called atma pinda. You are conducting your own death final rituals for the self that you have been up to the point. Associated to your name. From that day, you take a different name. And some of the sannyasis really take a different name and they become one with that. You know, that uh, they had to do a sannyasa for their assumed name towards the end of it. But the idea is that I have associated myself so much to it that I have become over through my life that one name has reverberates through my head that I have even come to a point that I talk to myself using that name. Oh, yeah, Hari, you are not that. I tell myself, saying, oh, you're better than that. Using my own name. I talk to myself using my own name. I don't know if you do it, but a lot of us do it. When you are in a situation, we want to talk ourselves out of it. We use our own name to talk to us as if we are somebody else. Why? What did that happen? So what is this identity that we were a child or a, or a youth or, or a young person or a middle-aged or to the stage that we are in today? Isn't that death? Krishna is asking, putting this question, saying, isn't that death? Haven't you, you have experienced, you have gone through it, and 
Luckily, no, it's not death itself because I had continuity around me. There are people that I have been with, I have continued to be with. I have my own uh, things that tells me that I am the same person. I have not gone insane. So, no. But he says that for the dhira, once he drops his uh, identity and takes a next life, he says, you know what happened here? I dropped a name. I have dropped a form. I have dropped my association to a body. I have started my association to a different body. What is the big deal in it? Is the way Adira is going to think. Now, this is an intellectual concept. It is not a reality concept. If we, unless we are Adira, it doesn't become a reality concept for us. Otherwise, it becomes an intellectual concept. Right? Intellectually, I kind of uh, yeah, I understand. So we, we know what, what we're talking about. You know, so that once you take a new body, what, what happens? So there is this nice story. My sister was alluding to it from Bhagavad last time. There is a king named uh, Chitraketu, and uh, he had uh, no, he had many wives, but no children. So he wanted to have uh, a child very badly. So he did puja, he did etnya, all this thing, and finally he was blessed with a child, which is uh, the eldest of one of, in one of his wives, who happened to be the eldest of the wives. And as soon as she got a child, obviously his affection, everything went towards her. And he started treating her higher than that. He started ignoring the rest of his wives. And she started treating her higher. And all the Sapatnis um, became mad. Uh, they got angry, saying, oh, how can she be treated so better than us? So it's all because of this child. So they plotted to kill that baby. So they plotted to kill this child. And uh, Chitrayadu becomes so... Uh, down, downfallen, and he becomes completely paralyzed. So Narada, I think another is a rishi who comes there and then finds him and says, "Okay, I will, I'll do one thing. I will let me take you to the child. Go with me. I'll take you to the child, and uh, so you can at least see the child. Like you know, today a lot of things happen when people start. There are sessions where." Oh, you can talk to your the one who passed away. They give you sessions like that. Or I'll bring the spirit. You talk to them. So, that takes the Sutragedu to that child, and they go find it. And he was very happy. And he says, "Oh, my child!" And the child says, "Who are you?" He says, "I am your father. My father in which birth?" He says, "I have taken many births. I have. I was born before I was born to you." And I'm going to be born with somebody else tomorrow. Which birth were you, my father? And Chitraketu was suddenly taken back, saying, Oh, I, I totally misunderstand. And he comes back in a, in, a, in, a, in a at least more open mind, thinking, This is not the end of the world. And then becomes much more uh, sort of an enlightened person. So here is, again, so the, the reference is back to, like I said, uh, the theory of Purajanma. Because there are... There are two theories in uh, Hinduism. There are these two are, I would say, foundational things for the Hindu religion. No proofs are given to this. So this is the uh, just given as it is saying. This is a fact, and you. This is the two things we are you are asked to believe in. Without believing in this one, you cannot continue through the uh, Hindu philosophy. These two. One is the theory of karma. Other is the theory of rebirth. So the karma theory means that you are carrying impressions of actions. They have consequences. So the consequences of your action determine the kind of things that will happen to you. 
so were you were the time takes you over a period of time is towards the consequences of the actions of what you have done so the probabilities of what will happen in future are influenced by what has happened in the past this is a karma theory so we all carry that we say that different kinds of karma karmas from the past life which has given us this life the karmas from this life which we are uh, taking to end of it and then there are uh, agami karmas are also the things that we will end up accumulating and uh, going down so there are three kinds of karmas but so karma is one theory that there it has an influence can we prove it no it's something that we have to believe because the people who have felt it seen it have risen to the level have said that is true so we accept that as a truth the second one is the rebirth theory that the soul has a rebirth from one life to another life that people go from and as a result of karma itself the experiences don't end with one life that we move on to the another life at the end of the current life and then there is a twist which is thrown to this rebirth saying that there is a period time between the death and the rebirth during which time the jiva might experience different things in different worlds not necessarily this human world so they call swarga or naraka or kind of a different world pitruloka is there swarga loka is there vaikuntha loka is there brahma loka is there people say there are things that happen between it that's one way another uh, theory is that in the period between the two somebody should could go towards the uh, world of shadows which is called the moon towards the moon area called the pitruloka or the world of sun which is more towards a spiritually enlightening world towards the sun towards moksha so there are different theories what happens between but at least at the basis of the hindu religion we have two foundational ones which are really not given any proofs so we are it is these are only two things which are we are asked to take as saying believe uh, believe in this these two if you don't believe in this one these two there is uh, there is no these the- theories don't have a connection so inside we i, I personally believe in them i i feel feel that way um and i feel the rebirth is israel and karma is real and impression of karma is real and these two are are definitely have an impression on us so here krishna is coming up saying do not think of death as anything more than this transition through the different stages in uh, in life if i could be a child uh, with my own name and i could be a youth with my own name if i could be a young person with my own name i could as well be a, a entirely different person with an entirely different relationships uh, not even necessarily human um in in another birth altogether and continue my uh, world of experience so then but then so he's offered this and then so all that is good okay i understand experiences are good i can think about death that way but experiences are there as we are here we have to tolerate what happens to us we go through sukha and dukha all the time and what is the answer to that the, the, the things favorable to us happen things and i feel uh, elated by it things not favor, favorable happen and i feel put down by it and they are painful sometimes when asuga comes or uh, uh, roga takes over we feel miserable we put up with that there are experiences are there so what about that forget about uh, death and other things what about very very much of an experience 
So Panditaha do not grieve on things who are living or parted, but what about the life itself? What about the hardships of current life? So maybe that question was coming up in Arjuna's head and Krishna, like a good teacher, anticipates it and says this sloka, the 14th sloka. Matra sparshastu kaunteya Shitoshna sukha dukkata Akamapayino nitya Bhakti dikshwasva bharata he says experiences happen because matras parshas to kaunte. Ho kaunte ya, ho kunti putra. You should know that experience, what you're calling is experience happens because of contact between the sense organs and the sense objects. It's a result of the sense organs touching the sense objects. The interaction between the sense objects and sense organs give you what you call as the experience. And then within your mind, shita ushna, whether that is heat or cold, metaphorically means which is favorable or not favorable. Right? Shita ushna, sukha dukkha. Is it good or bad? Is, uh, I have experienced I interpreted as sukha, as interpreted as dukkha, because sometimes shita is sukha, sometimes shita becomes itself dukkha, right? You know, what we are experiencing is not very absolute. Right now, I'm I, I like the fan running and it keeps me cool. And if it is five degrees outside, I cannot even stand it. I'll hate it. Oh, there's a draft coming from somewhere. I need to. So suddenly, the nice breeze in summer, I'll call it a nice breeze. In winter, I'll call it a draft. Where is the draft coming from? So I use different words to. It's not suga anymore. It becomes a dukkha. So what is that? And in absolutely, there is an experience. In, in, in both cases, it is, a, it is the air coming at me and my skin feeling it and, and transmitting and saying that, okay, here is my temperature is falling and it transmits back. And it's inside my head, I interpret it saying, ah, this feels nice or this feels terrible, right? Suga and dukkha. All happening with between the sense organs and the sense objects. The contact between them is a one. His point is, you are not the one doing it. He says, it's the sense organs which are on the play here. Now, if I don't even have an ability to hear, if my hearing is bad, even if the best music is played around me, what is the point? I just cannot, I don't hear it, I don't enjoy it. So I cannot say it is good or bad. Now, if I have, even if I have a good uh, listening, and uh, like what happens with Shraddha, she turns on the radio, I say, stop the noise. It's music for her ear, noise for my ear. I play Carnatic music and she says, daddy shop. Right? It's noise for their ear, music's for my ear. It's the same thing. So the interpretation happens here, right? In, based on our vasanas, our our in, our agrahas, and you know what we're used to, interpretation happens within our head. This is why we say sahana avatu, sahana bunaktu, sahaviryam karavavah. Sahana avatu means let me have the power to withstand things as they're coming to me. This matra is parsha. Protect me from not bringing things I cannot stand. My sense organs cannot stand. Because it becomes so blaring that my ears cannot stand it, or it becomes so intense that my nose cannot, I can't even stay there because it's so stinking. 
keep those things away from me that my my protect my sense organs from harsh experiences that the organs cannot itself stand sahana avatu sahana bunatu second one is that uh, the the experience of it whether that is a is pressurable experience or non pressurable experience that interpretation let me be protected let me be not be thinking too much about saying is it pressurable or not pressurable let them be let those kind of interpretation rest because my mind is otherwise all the time looking for something to disturb me because there's so much of disturbance but if mind is disturbed there will be disturbances even a slight movement of the curtain somewhere or a little bit of dust over here we'll start noticing if if your mind is disturbed we'll notice hundreds of things to disturb ourselves things i don't want to be there sahana bunatu let me let me be not be thinking about thinking of whether that's a pleasure or not not pleasure sahaviryam karavavahe sahaviryam is that interpretation of it being as a sugar dukha and that viryam for me to withstand to stay away from all of it now for us to engage in spiritual study or spiritual practice in that period of time we have to keep all the three away this disturbances of the sense organs picking up from their interaction the disturbance of the mind continue trying to interpret what happens through that experience and my own internal chitta movement of of that saying sugha and dukha om shanti 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 let all the three things remain quietly so that i can now engage in spiritual studies this is why we chant sahana bhavadu right at the beginning of a spiritual session sahana bhavadu means as much as let me be completely focused in my spiritual studies that my i park my worldly concerns away from me and krishna yes is matra sparshastu kamteya shitoshna sugha dukkata agama payino anitya he says though they come and go agama payino anitya they are they are impermanent experiences are impermanent however dire they may be they will have a beginning and they will have an end sometimes the end may be the end of life doesn't matter the life continues but experience still has an end it may be pleasurable it may be a great time it will still have a beginning it will still have an end tam tidikshwas he said bear them do not give yourself unto them now here is where krishna says i'm going to take five more minutes this is a very important aspect of uh, again vedantic philosophy within us there are two selves there is a self that aligns itself with experience that involves with experience becomes one with experience and there is the other self is an observer self it will it will observes ourselves becoming part of the experience so this is explained uh, in upanishad says a prashnavanishad says dwa suvarna sahija sakhaya there were two birds he says there is a pipala tree in which there were two birds sitting there next to each other and one bird kept on eating the fruit of the tree and some fruits were ripe some fruits were not ripe they were kind of bitter so the bird one bird kept on experiencing bitterness and sweetness depending on what it was pecking at 
The other bird remained completely observing. This is the description um, that is given for this observer self and the experience itself. If we take a good look at ourselves, 99% of the time we are the experience ourself. As things happen, we become one with the experience, we get carried away, we say, I'm angry, I'm, I'm sad, I'm hurting, uh, I'm elated, I'm jubilant, I'm happy. All these things we go through, we become one with the experience ourselves. Little bit of meditation, little bit of uh, thinking, our observer self will start coming out. I can, I can see myself getting carried away. I can see myself becoming happy. I can see myself experiencing the grief. And once we become one with the observer self and not the experience ourself, worldly experiences will stop bothering. Here is what it is Krishna is going after. Trying to say that experiences are transient. And if you can see the experience of self in you, using your observer self, as an observer self, you will be able to bear it. Now, can there be a pain which I cannot stand at all? Yeah. And, and trust me, your body has enough defensive mechanism to knock you unconscious at the time. It cannot stop anyone. But the way to get out of any extreme hurting scenario is to take a refuge with the observer self and it is it, it is within us and and we need a lot of courage a lot of practice a lot of meditation to be able to do that so he's coming to that uh, the difference between experiencer and the experienced difference and uh, so we will see how how that takes someone to a level of perfection and what that means in the from the next class so very, like, this is the style of uh, Indian spiritual texts. They come up dropping the core message right up front. And they know very well we will not be able to digest it. The first time we hear it, the first time we know it, they're saying, park your disbelief. Get it? Understand? Just, just listen to it at this point. See a little bit of substance. If you can see it, great. Leave it there. And you'll, we'll keep on uncovering our own resistance, our own uh, obstacles on the way to, be, to realize to that, to that level. So we'll stop here and we'll continue with the, the from the next slide. Om Purnamada Purnamitam Purnat Purnamudachyate Purnasya Purnamadhaya Purnamevavashishyate Om Shanti 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 Arihi Om Shri Gurupyo Namaha Arihi Our first foray into core philosophy. Good start. Allah, it was very good. Good entry. <laughs> Hari, uh, philosophically, 
അരി ആക്ച്വലി പറഞ്ഞാൽ വളരെ വളരെ ഗൗരവമായിട്ടുള്ള പല കാര്യങ്ങളും വളരെ പവർഫുൾ ആയിട്ടുള്ള പല കാര്യങ്ങളും ഇന്ന് സംസാരിച്ചു ഹരി പറഞ്ഞ മാതിരി ഇത് ഭഗവത്ഗീത കണ്ടിന്യൂ ചെയ്യുമ്പോൾ ഇത് പലതും കൂടുതൽ എക്സ്പോസ് ചെയ്യുകയും കൂടുതൽ ഡീറ്റെയിൽ ആയിട്ട് വരെ മനസ്സിലാക്കാൻ പറ്റും ഇപ്പം ഞാൻ കേട്ട ചില ഒരു ഒരു കാര്യം ഞാൻ പറയാം ഈ ഹരിയുടെ പല പോയിന്റുകളും കോർത്തിണക്കിയിട്ട് അതിൻ്റെ നെറ്റ് എഫക്റ്റ് പ്രാക്ടിക്കലി പിന്നെ മുമ്പേ ഏതോ ഭഗവത് ഭഗവത്ഗീത ക്ലാസ് കേട്ടത് തന്നെയാണ് നമ്മൾ ഈ പറഞ്ഞ മാതിരി നമ്മുടെ സാഹചര്യങ്ങളുടെ പ്രൊഡക്റ്റാണ് നമ്മളെല്ലാവരും അപ്പോൾ സാഹചര്യങ്ങളും അനുഭവങ്ങളും നമുക്ക് നമ്മുടെ ചുറ്റും ഒരു പുകമറ സൃഷ്ടിക്കുകയാണ് അപ്പോൾ ആ പുകമറ നമ്മൾ പലരും ഇതാണ് സത്യം എന്ന് വിചാരിച്ചിട്ട് അതിനപ്പുറത്ത് കാണാൻ ശ്രമിക്കാതെ അതിൽ കിടന്നിങ്ങനെ പിന്നെ ഇതാണ് നമ്മൾ നമ്മൾ മനസ്സിലാക്കിയതാണ് ശരി ഹരി പറഞ്ഞ മാതിരി നമ്മുടെ പെർസെപ്ഷനാണ് ഓൾവേസ് റൈറ്റ് മറ്റൊരാളുടെ പെർസെപ്ഷൻ അല്ലെങ്കിൽ മറ്റൊരു ചിന്തയെ നമ്മൾ ഉൾക്കൊള്ളാൻ ശ്രമിക്കാതെ കഴിയാഞ്ഞതല്ല ശ്രമിക്കാതെ ആ പുകമറക്കുള്ള നിൽക്കുന്നു എപ്പോഴാണ് നമ്മൾ ഈ പുകമറ മാറ്റി സത്യം അതിന് പുറത്ത് സത്യമുണ്ടെന്ന് മനസ്സിലാക്കി അതിന് ശ്രമിക്കാൻ അത് മനസ്സിലാക്കാൻ ശ്രമിക്കുന്ന അപ്പോഴാണ് നമ്മുടെ പിന്നെ ഈ ഈ ഒബ്സർവർ സെൽഫിലേക്ക് നമ്മൾ മാറുന്നത് ഹരി പറഞ്ഞ മാതിരി അപ്പോൾ അറ്റ്ലീസ്റ്റ് നമ്മളെല്ലാവരും ആ ഒരു ഫസ്റ്റ് സ്റ്റെപ്പ് എടുക്കുകയാണ് ഈ പിന്നെ ഇത് മനസ്സിലാക്കാനുള്ള താല്പര്യം തന്നെ ഇതിൻ്റെ ഒരു ഫസ്റ്റ് സ്റ്റെപ്പാണ് സോ ഹോപ്പ്ഫുള്ളി ഹരി നമ്മുടെ ഇതിൽ കണ്ടിന്യൂ കൊടുക്കും നമുക്കെല്ലാവർക്കും കുറേ കൂടെ ഈ ഈ ഇറ്റ്സ് ഡിഫിക്കൽട്ട് ഹരി പറഞ്ഞു ഇത് കേൾക്കുന്ന മാതിരി അല്ല അത് പ്രാക്ടീസ് ചെയ്യുന്നത് സോ യോഗയായാലും അല്ലെങ്കിൽ ധ്യാനമായാലും പലതരത്തിലുള്ള പ്രാക്ടീസ് കുറച്ച് പ്രയത്നം വേണ്ടി വരും ഈ പുകമറ മാറ്റി അതിനകത്തുള്ള സത്യം കാണാം പക്ഷെ ഹരി പറയുന്ന കാര്യങ്ങളും കഥകളും അതുപോലെ ഈ പിന്നെ ഫിലോസഫിക്കൽ ഐഡിയാസ് ഒക്കെ ഡെഫിനറ്റ്ലി നമുക്ക് വളരെ ഹെൽപ്പ്ഫുൾ ആയിരിക്കും ഈ ഒരു ഒരു പുകയെന്ന് മാറി എന്താണ് സത്യം എന്ന് മനസ്സിലാക്കാനുള്ള ഒരു ഹെൽപ്പായിരിക്കും ഞാൻ പലപ്പോഴും ചിന്തിക്കാറുണ്ട് നമുക്ക് നമ്മുടെ നോളജ് അനുസരിച്ചാണ് നമ്മൾ സത്യങ്ങൾ വിശ്വസിക്കുന്നത് നമുക്ക് മനസ്സിലാ വിശ്വസിക്കുന്ന കാര്യങ്ങൾ പലപ്പോഴും ഇപ്പം പിന്നെ എന്നോട് ഒരാൾ ചോദിക്കുകയാണ് ഭൂമി ഉരണ്ടാണെന്ന് പ്രൂവ് ചെയ്യാൻ പറഞ്ഞാൽ എനിക്കത് പല പിന്നെ പണ്ഡിതന്മാർ പറഞ്ഞതുകൊണ്ട് ഞാൻ വിശ്വസിക്കുന്നതാണ് എനിക്കിപ്പോൾ നേരെ നടന്നു പോയിട്ട് പ്രൂവ് ചെയ്യാൻ പറ്റില്ല പക്ഷേ ഇപ്പോൾ ഈ സയൻറ്റിഫിക് എവിഡൻസും ഭൂമി ചുറ്റുന്നതും അതുപോലെ കടൽ നിരപ്പ് നമ്മൾ കാണുമ്പം അവസാനിക്കുന്നതൊക്കെ നമുക്ക് ഇറ്റ് ഗീവ്സ് എ പെർസെപ്ഷൻ ദാറ്റ് ഓർ മോർ ദാൻ പെർസെപ്ഷൻ അതൊരു സത്യമാണെന്ന് നമുക്ക് വിശ്വസിക്കാനുള്ള ഒരുപാട് കാര്യങ്ങൾ നമ്മുടെ കണ്ടിലുണ്ട് ഒരു പിന്നെ നൂറ്റാണ്ടുകൾ മുമ്പ് ജനങ്ങൾ വിശ്വസിച്ച് പോകുമ്പോൾ പരന്നിട്ടാണെന്ന് അന്ന് അവരുടെ ജ്ഞാനം ആ ലെവലിലായിരുന്നു അപ്പോൾ ഈ ഈ പിന്നെ പണ്ഡിതന്മാരുടെ അവർ പറഞ്ഞ കാര്യങ്ങൾ മനസ്സിലാക്കുന്നതും അതുപോലെ ഈ പിന്നെ ചിന്തിക്കുന്നതും തന്നെ ഒരു വലിയ സ്റ്റെപ്പാണ് നമ്മുടെ ആത്യന്തികമായ സത്യം മനസ്സിലാക്കാനുള്ളത് വളരെ നന്നായി this is this is transformation this is to help our life the how we live uh, what we do this is uh, this entire philosophy is transformation and it, it this is why i i believe it this is for all humans this cannot be a hindu versus christian versus you know muslim so i i personally don't buy into any of those differentiation this is for every human we, we do not differentiate whether you whether you believe in krish krishna or allah or jesus how does it matter these are the differences that we have created and this way this truth and philosophy applies to everybody enikku oru point parayanulladhu endanu chinnalle ithrayum പവർഫുൾ ആയിട്ടുള്ള ഒരു ഫിലോസഫി അത് ഹരി അത് പ്രസന്റ് ചെയ്യണതിന്റെ ആ ഒരു ബ്യൂട്ടിയും കൂടിയാണ് എനിക്ക് ഇവിടെ എടുത്ത് പറയാൻ ആഗ്രഹിക്കുന്നത് കാരണം എന്താ വെച്ചാല് അത്ര സിമ്പിളായിട്ട് ഒരു സ്റ്റോറി കേൾക്കണ ഒരു ഫീലാണ് ശരിക്കും പറഞ്ഞു കഴിഞ്ഞാല് 
ഇതെന്ന് പറഞ്ഞു കഴിഞ്ഞാൽ എനിക്ക് തോന്നുന്നത് ഏറ്റവും ശരിക്കും ഭഗവത്ഗീതയിലെ വളരെ ഇമ്പോർട്ടന്റ് ആയിട്ടുള്ള ഒരു ഏരിയയാണ് ആക്ച്വലി ഇപ്പൊ നമ്മൾ പറഞ്ഞത് കാരണം ഭഗവാൻ അർജുനോട് പറയണത് പക്ഷെ അപ്പൊ അത് അത് പ്രസന്റ് ചെയ്യുന്ന ആ ഒരു ഇതാണ് എനിക്ക് ഭയങ്കര അട്രാക്ടേഷൻ ആയിട്ട് പറഞ്ഞ പല വിധത്തിലും നമ്മളൊരു എപ്പോഴും വി ആർ ലിവിങ് ഇൻസൈഡ് ഔട്ട് നമ്മൾ നമ്മുടെ അകത്തുനിന്നുള്ള വെളിയിലേക്കുള്ള ഓരോ സ്റ്റെപ്പ് വെച്ചാണ് പലതും മെഷർ ചെയ്യുന്നത് ഡിസ്ക്രൈബിംഗ് ദി ഔട്ട്സൈഡ് ഇൻ ഒരു ലെൻസ് മച്ച് ബ്രോഡർ ദാൻ വോട്ട് വി ക്യാൻ കോംപ്രിഹെൻഡ്രസ്റ്റാൻഡ് where you fit in and where that particular emotion fits in absolutely yeah vijay and interview ah enki univash parnade or point add yana naan cherpathil kore chinna class attend cheyittunde to be honestly say that ella program poombum i come uh, you know in fact confused or uh, not knowing anything and then i always think like why i wasted an hour or uh, hour and a half okay either it went just right over there nothing came into the <laughs> mind okay <laughs> or at least didn't understand the perspective like you know why hindu religion angane ingane but when the point itself you said that you know geeta uh, is like to fight within ourselves like you know to control our uh, that itself uh, you know very very good thing thank you vijaya vijaya mute la anu thonda vijaya kekunnilla vijaya adutha room il ullathu adutha room il aanu vijaya adutha onnu parayan varanilla iru endo parayan njan kelkunde vijaya parayunnade adhe ഹരി ഒരു സംശയം മോഹ എന്നുള്ള വാക്കിന്റെ സംസ്കൃത അർത്ഥം എന്താണ് പിന്നെ ധീര എന്നുള്ളതിന്റെ അർത്ഥം എന്താണ് സാൻസ്കൃത മോഹ നമുക്ക് കുറെ സംസാരിക്കാനുണ്ട് എങ്ങനെ മോഹ എന്നുള്ളതിന്റെ അർത്ഥം അതിന്റെ ജസ്റ്റ് വേർഡ് മീനിങ് എന്താണ് സാൻസ്കൃതത്തില് മുഖ്യതിയാണ് എന്റെ ദാറ്റ് യു ആർ മുങ്ങി മലയാളത്തിൽ പറയാറില്ലേ നമ്മള് മുങ്ങിപ്പോയി ആദ്യത്ത് നമ്മള് മുങ്ങി കിടക്കാണ് സോ യു ആർ യു ഹാവ് സെർട്ടൻ വേ ഓഫ് തിങ്കിങ് അബൌട്ട് സംതിങ് ആൻഡ്ലി എൻവലപ്ഡ് ബൈ ദാറ്റ് പെർട്ടിക്കുലർ പെർസെപ്ഷൻ ദാറ്റ് പെർട്ടിക്കുലർ വേ ഓഫ് തിങ്കിങ് ദാറ്റ് ഇറ്റ് ഇസ് റിയൽ ബട്ട് ഇസ് നോട്ട് റിയൽ സോ ദാറ്റ് ഇസ് മോഹ so we see some things which is unreal as real and we are completely enveloped by that thinking that is moha adil nalla idana moksham adil ninne raksha moha yeah right and so when we start seeing the reality instead of our own perception then we are t- towards so moksha is nothing but this total freedom we talked about so in moha there is no freedom because 
that enveloping will control us all the time we have no freedom in knowing what is reality but knowing what is reality and getting out of the moha will give us total freedom so that is moksha moksha dheera yo dheera like I, i think i tried i'll say again because dheera is that i have Alla, come dheera dheera uh, sanskrit meaning endayirikum dheeman one is deep was the two ah. words one is dheemadi and second thing is veera mm. veera mm. so it needs two things one is that you need the intellectual prowess to know what is true and what is real and then you need to have the courage to accept that as real and reject what is in front of your perception so what is in front as your own perception which is real, which appears real to us in that moment we have we have the courage to reject it and accept what i don't see but i consider that as real and accept it and and think that as the real so the reality may not be pratyaksha for us at that moment so dheera is the one who is able to reject what is immediately in front and can and see something can project and see what is what is it for real and accept that and not be moved by it so right so that is dheera okay okay so that's a word. so we will keep saying this word dheera being used uh, multiple times very important mm-hmm. word because if we, if we don't have the vidyam to mm-hmm. do it uh it will all become words like you know we'll all say we can all intellectually we can think of whatever we can think about and all that the moment the situation comes we will we, we'll collapse in front of because yeah. i cannot reject it i understand this is what our kids say i know <laughs> there's a big difference between i know and i do and then i keep telling them yes yeah. you know but you don't do it mm, yeah, you yeah, should yeah. be waking up in the morning you should be watching for your own schedule i know i know I, I mean, did we get an answer from our children, right? You know, they, not that you don't know. It is that I know. I still cannot act on it because the dira is not that. The idea is not there. The idea is not there to act upon it. Mm-hmm. That's that's the idea. Okay, okay. Thank. Yogu, you are saying something, and you got. Yeah, I just wanted to say that uh, I fully agree with what Unni Krishnan was uh, saying. I mean, okay. the way you introduced uh, the, the the deep philosophy was in a very endearing way. It's a it's a beautiful start. <laughs> That's very good. I'm very glad you find it that way because yeah, this this important stuff. <laughs> that i didn't make it sound very dry because philosophy is usually very dry and uh, this is not a dry philosophy <laughs> <laughs> one question i had on the uh, not on the the core of the subject but uh, you were mentioning about uh, vishnu the, the real meaning of garuda being the mm-hmm. vishnu so that is uh, very uh, interesting but uh, the allied question i have is uh, so vishnu's uh, mattress is the serpent so what is the significant and how do we understand these contrasting uh, like kattu vahana haagu asige right right so the symbolism lies right there in his name he has got two names vishnu the serpent on which vishnu lies has two names one is called uh, ananda ananda uh, which is called infinite 
So one is that it's it's infinite. So Vishnu is spread on infinite. So if you look from a spatial point of view, it is completely infinite. Other one is Shesha. That is what is remaining. Shesha is what? What is what is remained? So Atyadrishta Purushat Dashankula, we say that like we at the world we see, even at that point, we said this is only a Shesha world that we can see. The Vishnu transcends even what is Shesha. So, so the, the, though it is infinite, but we feel it as infinite, it is still uh, appears like it is only a Shesha. It is only a reminder of, of something. So, uh, so the, the idea of the coiled serpent is, is the many eons through which life has gone through, like the existence has gone through. So he is lying on top of it. The many, so you think of each curve as as uh, a, a thousand chadur yugas which has gone through that thing, right? And and then he is he's he's across the time. So that is from a time perspective, and also from a space perspective. So Vishnu is laid out in a space time. Okay. His bed is space time, and the vyapya in space time. Ananda is the uh, space time. So yeah, the, the shesha is space time is shesha because there is the thing which is which will make space time look very simple, very nothing. Because that that this is this we we think of uh, distances in a physical perspective. We think of distances like anything, right? We say that from here to it's so many light years away because what limits our movement is the speed of light. Like we said, something we cannot travel faster than the speed of light. That's a fundamental what Einstein proved, right? You cannot travel faster than light. So the universes that we know is this uh, 14.3 billion light years. Sorry. But here is where quantum physics comes into play. The thing called quantum entanglement, where you have two rocks which are created at the same time, they could be separated by light years. But the change of one's spin immediately changes the spin of the other one. So what dimension did that information move? So this is how we have the space-time, which is, which is actually an expansion, right? So space-time was all down to one point at once, one time. Like in the beginning of time, there's the singularity at one point. And the space-time itself has expanded. And become this 14.3 billion. And in that, you still have a way of transcending from one point to another point without traveling at the speed of light. This is a mystery of creation. So this is what they essentially, probably not knowing the amount of quantum physics and other things, as Ananda, Ananda Shesha, the Shesha Naga, and the coils and coils of it. That's what, And Vishnu is Vyaptam across it. Unlimited by unlimited by the uh, space time, so he pervades the space time, and same time is not constrained by space time. His presence is there the, simultaneously at every point, without being limited by the speed of light. This uh, is another yeah. <laughs> so, very very beautiful quantum physical aspect Oh, we we, we we went from Bhagavad Gita to quantum physics here. Now. <laughs>
it's all interrelated so interesting oh very interrelated yeah. uh, this is one, one of the thing i like the beauty of our science is our vedanta philosophy doesn't have to be rewritten because of science's advancement every simple every step that science makes forward it continues to come back and give us proofs for what we already done gives us more examples give us gives us more conviction uh, why what we said is right ഒരു കാര്യം മാത്രം എനിക്ക് പറയാനുള്ളത് That, that is the thing i mean even look at that somebody is born with some talents which mm-hmm. the, even the parents don't have it and so kind of talents where did, where did it come from so but it still requires an iota of faith to accept yeah, that there, there yeah. yeah, are, like i said you know we have something so we see somebody with a talent we we'll say oh yeah i absolutely you're right and we'll say where did that come from how did that come uh, yeah. we can there are brothers completely opposite to each other in characters and all these are all in my mind those are circumstantial evidence yes. which gives us more confidence in our in our faith yeah i know yeah I mean, what i'm saying is when i say proof you know it, it's like a sort of a real yeah. proof you know? <laughs> yeah i mean no, nobody has gone and seen it and come back and told it is correct. correct but i mean there are people who seen it and come back and told that but we don't believe them that's the thing yeah but we have to buy the lot of uh, elements to prove it and we can as we go on i'll give you more uh, thinking about what it is like you know there are some points of view that we we tend to you know limited way we think in certain way that may not be true but we can bring in science and physics to think uh, broader than that yeah it will change our understanding of how things happen but yeah right, that's that's true very good all right thank you yeah. the jayaka no parayilla ഞാന് അതിശയിക്കുന്ന എന്താ വെച്ചാലേ കൃഷ്ണൻ ഒരു പ്രാവശ്യം പറഞ്ഞപ്പോ അർജുനന് മനസ്സിലായി കാണുമല്ലോ സന്ധ്യാണല്ലേ <laughs> 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 ഞങ്ങൾക്കൊക്കെ 
ഓണം സാറ്റർഡേ ആണ്